Welcome to a brand new episode of Broken Nerd Podcast. Now, you know what? Let's get this thing going. Thanks to CBR.com and The Hollywood Reporter, we got news of the lead for the new Saved by the Bell reboot series premiering on NBC's new streaming service, Peacock. Josie Toha, who has appeared on Champions, Netflix's No Good Nick, appeared in Spider-Man Homecoming, and who has came out in 2018 as transgender. She will be playing the lead character Lexi in the show, who is described as a beautiful, sharp-tongued cheerleader and the most popular girl at Bayside High who is both admired and feared by her fellow students. Now, more in the article that we actually got released a more plot summary that came along with this article saying that the reboot takes place years later and thanks to California Governor Zach Morris. Yeah, you're hearing this right folks. Zach Morris, who we all know and love from the series, grew up and became governor of California. Forces higher performing schools to take on students from less successful school districts. Now, there's no word if Mark Paul Gosselin or if any of the other cast members from the original show besides Elizabeth Berkley and Mario Lopez coming back for the series. I, for one, would love to see these guys come back. I would love to see Mark Paul come back as Zach. I would love to see Tiffany to come back as um, Kelly, wow, seriously, that took me a minute for Lars to come back to play um, Lisa and for Dustin Diamond, if he gets his act together, <laughs> to come back to Screech. The release date, the release of the series will be around the same time as the streaming service will be launched in April this year. So we have gotten a confirmation that it is coming out in April, but we do not got the confirmation for the date of when it's going to be coming out. It's the exact same thing with the Peacock streaming service. We don't know when it's coming out in April, but we do know it's in that targeted range. Now, Tracy Wingfield will serve as executive producer, showrunner, and a writer for the series. And I, for one, like I said, I'm going into this treading white waters because i loved the series growing up i've seen the like tv movies for it and if not seen the college years the time that they all got summer jobs i've pretty much seen every single thing of say by the bell so like i said going into the show i'm treading white waters because i don't want to be one of those hypocritical fans that basically destroys the show or if not think it's crap before even giving it a chance so that's why when it does get released i'm gonna actually watch it and i'm gonna see how it is and then once i actually get to see the first season then i will be doing a review with it and i'm gonna let you guys know what i think about it but I will be keeping you guys updated on what's going to be happening with the Save by the Bell reboot here on this podcast. Now, moving on from GeekTyrant.com, we got updates for the new Hulu series coming out next year, 
which is the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. First of all, I didn't know they were making this, but after reading the article, I am definitely looking forward to seeing this. It was reported several months ago that the series will be getting made by Hulu. Now, like I said, this one actually flew under my radar. I actually did not know this was coming out because I love the movie. I actually read two of the books, but I do have the Ultimate Edition where it actually has all five of the books in it. So, let's go ahead and move back to what I was talking about. <laughs> the series of books were was written and created by Douglas Adams. The books are based on a character named Arthur Dent and his misadventures in space with a ragtag group of people after Earth being blown up by accident. The series um, will be put together by writer, a showrunner, and producer Carlton Kurtz, who is best known for his work on shows like um, Tom Clancy's Jack Ryan on Amazon, the Netflix series that's going to be coming out soon, Lock and Key, and the fan favorite and still craziest show you could ever think of, Lost. But who else is actually joining him is the writer of Wonder Woman and Ice Age Continental Drift, Jason Fuchs, who is also going to be writing for the series. Now, thanks to GeeksWorldwide.com, we found out that the production of the series will be starting this summer and will be um, a release in 2021. But we do not know exactly what month or date that's going to be coming out. We do got the confirmation it is coming out in 2021. And that this is going to be streaming on for international stuff, they're actually going through Fox to actually distribute it. S3 Studios is going to be the production company in the United Kingdom that will be used to film the series. Now, Morton Teldum is going to be the director for the series and has directed things as Headhunters and The Imitation Game. And that multiple seasons of the series will be made which is good because if they are basing each season off each book it's amazing because the book series is a condensing of six books because it was originally five because what happened was Douglas Adams was actually in the middle of sadly he passed away but it was actually taken up by Eon Koffler who was the Arthur and the creator of the Artemis Fowl series. So with the blessings with the Adams estate, that he was actually able to finish the sixth book for Douglas Adams, which was actually released on October 12th of 2009, which actually took place 30 years after the very first Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy book was released. Now, I actually thought that was amazing because it was it was a good closing for Mr. Adams and on top of it we finally got his book that was it there was no more Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy books after that because this was actually the best and final book but if you're actually fans of it we all know that there's never an ending in these books now let's go ahead and continue with our podcast 
Robocop to appear in Detroit. From MLive.com, about 10 years ago, there's a Kickstarter campaign to make and build a bronze statue of the legendary character Robocop from the self-titled 1987 movie. This extended from Twitter posts pointing out that there's a Rocky statue in Philadelphia and that it would be a great idea if Detroit gets Robocop to become a great ambassador to the city besides the Joe Louis Fist and the Spirit of um, Detroit, which I actually think that would be a great idea, because, like, you know, it is true, because, like, you got um, the Philly Steps, where Sylvester Stallone ran up it and did the iconic thing, and they had the statue there of Rocky Balboa. And I know us here, like, in Michigan, we do have the Joe Louis Fist, and then we do have the Spirit of Detroit. But to be able to have another um, thing representing Detroit, and it's definitely Robocop was that movie. Yeah. Because I, for one, loved the Robocop movie. And actually, I got the Blu ray and the director's cut of the first one. The second one was okay. The third one, oh my god, and everything. The third one. <laughs> the third one, oh my god, and everything. I, I can't even explain it. I can't even explain it, but I was going to let you guys know that Frank Miller actually wrote the first Robocop movie, and he somewhat wrote the second one, but they kind of chopped it up and everything to try to make it pleasing to everybody. But apparently the third Robocop movie that Frank Miller wanted to do never got made, but it did get translated and made into comic book format which was actually called a series called Robocop The Last Stand. Now, I wanted to let you guys know that because like, that's a little interesting side story about this. A filmmaker by the name of Wally and Jerry Baffendorf, co-founder and CEO of Loveland Technologies, thought it would be a great idea to start the campaign and they raised more than 67 thousand dollars and had over three thousand backers from all over the world they actually thought that this was going to be a joke like going like oh hey let's just put this out here and um we'll think nothing of it but they had a huge following come up and as you can see they raised over 60 on um, sixty-seven thousand dollars, and plus having over like three thousand backers for this which was amazing The plan is to put the statue outside the Michigan Science Center for all to see because Wally went on in the article saying that he wants people to love and admire the work of how it looks without him to pay a ticket to the center just to see it. Like how the Rocky statue is all to see and admire and feeling because I actually like that. I like that. Um, because in the article, I actually read a little bit more that he was going like, why pay to go into the museum just to go see the Robocop statue? Because you know, a lot of people are going to do that. They're like, what if they don't want to go see the other stuff of science, this and that, that they just want to see the statue. You would have to pay a price just to go in, go up to the steps or wherever they had it planted in the museum and just go up to the statue and be done. You wouldn't look around everywhere else, but, you know, if you have it outside of the building, you have people coming up to it and going like, huh, 
why don't I go check out Nerkin what's inside this place? They're like, if they're basing it on science and robotics of this character, why not I go see Nerkin how they do, um, combine it together with the robotics of science in the museum? And I know I'm trailing off this gnat about it, but I just think that's a good idea for people to actually do that. Because, like... Like, I, for one, would love to go see the statue when it gets um, completely done. And not having to go into a museum to have to pay to go see it and just be done with it. But you guys know what I'm saying. The plant... Oh, <laughs> I already did that part. I do apologize, guys. Um, the statue took a while because they had to go through the proper channels with MGM Studios, who owned the likeness, um, the likeness of the character, and they wanted to make sure it's a perfect likeness from head to toe, which is really good because, like, a lot of people, they could have did a slop half-ass job going, like, oh, hey, we're going to go ahead and put a statue together and everything. I don't care how it looks like. We're not I'm paying for the money, <laughs> but... Um, I really like that uh, Wally and the other guy, they actually were going like, no, we want to do this right. We want to do right by our backers. We want to do right by the fans of the Robocop series. We want to make this as accurate as possible. And we went through the proper channels and we were able to get a hold of MGM Studios and to go like, hey, we want to get the mold for the Robocop outfit, and we wanted to make it look exactly like how it did in the movie, so they actually went the right route and everything with this. The statue is going to be 11 feet tall in total once it's all pieced together, which was made by Venus Brass, um, Brass, um, Brass Works <laughs> base in Detroit. Oh my god. God, seriously, guys, I am so sorry. Like, <laughs> oh my goodness. Um, definitely, this is some B roll. This is definitely some B roll. And I'm gonna keep this in here, I'm not gonna edit it out. <laughs> but I actually think that was good too. That, like, they wanted a local Detroit artist, if not local Detroit people from Michigan doing this project. They have some other stuff, the molds and other things were from Louisiana and St. Louis, but the main focus was to actually create and make this statue in Detroit. Because we are known as the Motor City, we are also known as a strong community. I know a lot of people give guff about like, oh, Detroit's gotten bad, this and that, but you know, it has been somewhat getting better. I'm not saying it's perfect. I'm not saying that it's bad. I'm just saying it's like, it's kind of that medium. There is possibilities that Peter Rollers, the actor who played the character Alex Murphy and Robocop, and Paul, um, Bernhosen, there we go, <laughs> the director of the movie has expressed interest in coming to the grand reveal ceremony when it's done. But Wally has said that there is no guarantee that it's happening until they form a much more better friendship with Peter Willers. I, for one, would love for him to come and see it and if I can go to it and meet him for myself because I, I would love to do that. Like, to be able to go to the ceremony in Detroit and to actually get to meet the man himself, Peter Wellers, who actually 
portrayed the character and made it a reality, which I actually thought because, like I said, I'm a huge fan of the movie, and I did love the second one, and I just love how, like, they put all this time and effort into doing something that was somewhat a joke, but yet there was true fans to were people that actually wanted to do something about this, and they wanted to make something out of nothing. And like I said, it was a bit of a joke, but you can see that if there's a huge fan base behind something, and if someone really wants to get it done, you have the power to do that. No matter what it was, like with the Kickstarter, that if it was a dollar, five bucks, ten bucks, whatever you could have been able to put towards it, you were able to do something to actually be helpful in creating something amazing. And I, for one, gotta thank Wally. I got to thank. I'm sorry, guys. I'm going back and everything to my script to actually recognize the name, and I do apologize for that. Jerry, for these guys to be able to get this going and to be able to fund this and put this all together because they were huge fans of the movie and they saw there was a huge fan base behind it. And I know I'm going on a rant again. I know I am, but you know, I really think that was a great thing that for anybody to be able to come together, bring fans together, to be able to make something awesome, and especially to bring something to the Motor City and to bring it to Michigan. I think that's a great feeling and I think it's just awesome that they're doing that. But um, let's go ahead and take a quick commercial break and we will be right back with more of Broke Nerd Podcast. We are back with more of Broke Nerd Podcast. Now, here's an article that I actually came across. This was actually from AmbrosioForHeads.com that we got a list of the inductees into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame for two th- for 2020. And the list is made up of the Dewey Brothers, the Peshmo, the Peshmo, there we go, T-Rex, John Lando, Irving Azov, Whitney Houston, and the Notorious B.I.G. That's right, we got these great people that have been a part of this getting introduced into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame and Nine Inch Nails. Oh my god, why in the hell did I forget Nine Inch Nails? Oh my god, I was too focused on this, but as you guys can tell, that I for one think that this was a great list, and especially the last three with Whitney Houston, Notorious B.I.G., and Nine Inch Nails. Because the thing is, is that Whitney, she was a great artist. She had a beautiful and wonderful voice. <laughs> wonderful, <laughs> wonderful voice. And she was a great actress too, but y'all know how that kind of hit. And you know, I'm, I have let it go and everything that, you know, Bobby, he's painful. Um, he, he's repenting. And, you know, it sucks that, you know, if Whitney really didn't get with Bobby Brown and everything, but with other people, they're going like, you don't know how the situation is, or if not, you don't know how, what the outcome would have been with people. And you're right. When you love someone and when you care about someone, you don't know what the outcome is going to be with them. And especially with Bobby Brown and Whitney Houston, 
we didn't know it was going to go that way. Yeah, Whitney, her career kind of went down. And like I said, it's not really anybody's fault because, you know, Whitney could have been able to go into rehab, gotten herself better, this and that. But you know what? The choices that we make in our lives, we make those choices for a reason because those are, it's our life. We do what we want with it. And I do apologize. I am going to go ahead and get off of my soapbox right now. But also, too, that I think it was a great thing that they actually gave Biggie the people's choice to actually be introduced into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Because there's always a list of people that they're going to have. And the sixth and final person that they're going to have, they always give it to the fans. They give it to the people. going like, hey. We got this poll. We want you guys to pick out which people you want to be a part of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Basically, it's like the same thing what they did with Kevin Smith with his film registry with Clerks. Yeah, it was an open ballot thing that they're going like, okay, guys, go ahead, see what you guys want to do. And you know what? It's amazing that they're doing this, and it's amazing that they got Biggie to actually be a part of this because this will actually signify him being gone 35 years or if not and everything like I'm trying to figure out there to how long I think Biggie's been gone but you know this will be setting up around the time and everything of his passing and with his birthday coming up too which I think would be a great thing for the um small family to be able to have their son and if not their husband be introduced into something so great. And like I said, I do apologize guys. I know like I get into my rants or this snap, but you know, it's just when I get passionate about something, I get passionate about it. But we're gonna go ahead and move off from that. And we're gonna go ahead and move on to something else. Like for example, Zoe Kravitz. She's actually been doing good this year because she's going to be starring in the new Batman movie as Catwoman, but she's going to be taking on something else too. Thanks to GeekTyrant.com, Zoe Kravitz will be doing a reboot show of the hit movie called Clap. Well, seriously. The hit cult classic movie that was made in 2000, High Fidelity, that actually starred Joan, John Cusack, and Jack Black. The show is a retelling of the movie that was based off of the book written by Nick Hornby. About Rob, a record store owner who is reeling from the recent breakup and makes a list of the top five relationships and goes on a mission to find out and discover what wrong in them. And I got a chance to actually check the trailer and I gotta say, I like what I see and it's gonna give the show a watch and the show is planning to be released on Hulu on Valentine's Day this year. But also too, I wanted to give you guys this is that if you guys really want to check out the movie, definitely look it up. Whatever you go, Hulu, Netflix, Tubi, Crackle, um, any place that can get your streaming service, paid or unpaid, I'm not judging. <laughs> but anyway, however way you can be able to find a movie High Fidelity, I for one will definitely give you guys a recommendation for this movie. 
And like I said, with Zoe Kravitz playing the lead character, you get a different perspective. Because now, because with John Cusack's characters from a male's perspective on how things didn't work out. But with Zoe Kravitz taking over the character as Rob or Robin, that we get a female's perspective on how these things go. And I actually think it was a good thing to kind of gender bend the series. Because, like, I know a lot of people are going to be pissed about it. Going, like, oh, they shouldn't have attention because, like, the guy was a dude that's not. It doesn't matter. You know? It's just like with everything else with reboots, which I'm a fan of some. Some I'm not. But overall, is that, like, we get something different. And, yeah, I know it's retelling or rehashing of stuff. But... I would love to see this, and I'm definitely going to watch it when it comes out. But, let's go ahead and move on to something else. Now, one of these things I was a huge fan of, and still is to this day, and I'm definitely, definitely looking forward to this, if they have to do this. But, from GeekTyrant.com, I just read an article of a possible sequel to Fanboys. Now, if you don't know what Fanboys is, it's a cult classic film from 2009, which, in 1999, there's a group of fans who get together and try to steal themselves a copy of Star Wars Episode One. Well, Adam F. Goldberg, the creator of the hit ABC series The Goldbergs, is planning on doing just that. He had a meeting with Kyle Newman, who directed the first movie, and Adam wrote the first film also. They got together to have a discussion about doing another one, and this time around the boys will be trying to steal themselves a copy of the Justice League Snyder Cut. In the article, Goldberg goes on saying that if Ernest Klein, who co-written the screenplay for the movie, and also is the one who actually wrote the great book Ready Player One and actually was a part of the movie and the other book Armada, which I actually still got to read, but I read Ready Player One and holy crap, that book's amazing and completely different from the movie. Copyright laws. Copyright laws. <laughs> I am so sorry, guys, but like, so it pisses me off to copyright laws and how much a lot of people would have to pay for those copyright things so they won't get infringed. That's why a lot of stuff was taken out from the book that could have been in the movie, but like I said, copyright laws. You can't get around them. <laughs> I am so sorry, guys. But going back to what I was saying, is that if he actually returned to the project, that Adam Goldberg would actually do the same thing too. Because, like I said, they both actually co-written the screenplay for it. But, also too, that Dan Fogler, who actually played Hutch in the movie Express, threw an email to Goldberg about getting the band back together. Dan actually also starred with Sam Huntington, Chris Marquette, Jay Bashan and Kristen Bell and the original fanboy movie had a bunch of cameos in it. You got everybody from Ray Parks, Kevin Smith, Jason Mewes, the great late Carrie Fisher, Billy D. Williams, William Shatner, Seth Rogen, Will Forte, 
Greg Robinson and Danny McBride. Now, as you guys can see, that these guys were huge fans of Star Wars. And like I said, they came together in this comedy movie to be able, even if it wasn't that long of a part, they wanted to be a part of something that was Star Wars related, which I actually thought that was amazing to actually get all these big talents into this movie. And hopefully, possibly, that if they do, do go ahead with another Fanboys 2 movie, possibly getting some cameos from the cast members, except for Henry Cavill, because I don't know why he's being a dick. <laughs> because I think also, too, it's because he's trying to um, distance himself so far away from the stash again, or if not, stash game. Now, if you guys do not know what I'm talking about, and during the time, the making of the Zack Snyder Justice League movie, he had to leave for personal reasons. Then, we got Josh Whedon to come on board to actually direct and write and finish out the movie. But, there's a problem to that. Because during the time that they, a lot of the actors had to come back for reshoots, Henry Cavill was actually doing a different project, which was Mission Impossible, Ghost Recon, or Ghost Protocol, whatever the hell it was called. <laughs> but the thing is, is that um, Henry had grew a mustache, and the company that was making the Mission Impossible move, they're going like, okay, you can have them, but you can't shave the mustache. Because we're not going to hold up productions already far behind as it is. And we don't want him to shave his beard, wait for him to grow it back, and to get the filming going. I was going like, uh, have you guys never heard of practical effects, or if not, special effects? To actually get like a mustache put in? <laughs> but no, when Henry Cavill came back to actually reshoot his scenes for the Justice League movie, it was terrible. And what really kills me more than anything is that it cost a hundred and sixty million dollars to digitally remove the mustache off this dude's face I shit you not a hundred and sixty million dollars and it still came out horrible <laughs> if you go back and watch the movie you can tell in their thing that it's bad CGI work. And on top of that too is that you hate the fact that it's literally two different movies. Like, and shoved and meshed together. I didn't like that. Because, like, you have two different clashing of two different people. You have the first part in there with Zack Snyder in there. And you can definitely tell the parts in when Josh Whedon came on board and he directed, you can definitely tell them they're from different people. But, like I said, that I'm digressing in their thing, but, you know, it's just, if they do come out with the Zack Snyder Cup Justice League, I, for one, would definitely love to watch it. But, let's go ahead and move on to something else, because... I hope you guys actually like my little ramblings, or if not my little rants that I do, because I do trail off, but let's go ahead and get back into what we're talking about. The Gun Akimbo. Now, it's a new movie that will be hitting the screen on March, and it's called Gun Akimbo. 
last week, the trailer for the movie came out, and holy talking mushrooms, I thought it was amazing. It stars Daniel Radcliffe as Miles, a video game developer who gets caught up in a dangerous game called Schism, and he has to stay alive for 24 hours against the game's top winning champion, Nyx. Now, this Irish comedy is rated R, because how this trailer was shown, it better gone than R rating, and it was written and directed by Jason Lee Holden. Now, I can see similarities to the movie Gamer, but just what I think, but it looks like it's a fresh and new original story, which, in all, in all honesty, we haven't gotten those in a long, long time. Because, like I said, in the realm of reboots and remakes, nobody has to came out with a new original story. And this one, Gun Akimbo, Akimbo I definitely see as a fresh starter, if not a chance, or if not even trying to be something new and being something original. And, like I said, guys, this is that, like, in the realm of their all this stuff. That, like, I feel and everything that this will definitely do good. But I didn't mess up and everything in the beginning part that I said that I was coming out in March. But I actually found out it's coming out on February 28th. And I'm definitely going to go watch it. And once I actually get done with the movie, because I'm actually going to go watch this. Because I actually got a, a movie card from my aunt for Christmas. So I'm definitely going to be using that. And once I actually get that done, I'm going to go ahead and give you guys a review on what I thought about the movie. Now, we're going to go ahead and get to the last part of the podcast. That, like, I know, yay, we're almost done. <laughs> almost. <coughs> but, definitely, I'm going to tell you guys about this. Dark Ghost Justice. Thanks to ComicBook.com and Deadline, that J.J. Abrams production company, Bad Robot, had a meeting with Warner Media, and fans were wondering what it was about, but wonder no more. They are in early development of a Justice League Dark for both the small and big screen. So what that means is we're actually getting a television series and a movie for Justice League Dark. Now this project has been in the works for a very long time and especially during the whole Justice League and the DCEU that they wanted to get this movie off the ground but they weren't able to do it because we all saw how that kind of turned out with Justice League. <laughs> Justice League Dark was a comic book series from DC that started up during the New 52 relaunch era for DC back in 2011. The team is made up of both heroes and villains from the mystical parts of DC. The team is made up of members like Wonder Woman, John Constantine, Satana, Detective Chimp, Man Bat, Swamp Thing, just to make up an earth in the current team. But there has been other characters like Dead Man, Blue Devil, and a lot of other mythical characters like the Phantom Stranger, the Spectre, all these characters that actually take on the supernatural aspect of the DC Universe. 
that we all know that we have different teams. We had the Justice League, we had Justice League International, we had Justice League United, but there has never been a team for anything that had to do with supernatural aspects. Hence, come in with Justice League Dark, which I actually love the series. Now, the um, now the heads of motion pictures and TV, Hannah Bajelli and Ben Stephenson, are expected to get the ball rolling, meeting talent scouts and writers. And as far as we know, that's all we got because we haven't gotten the date. We don't have a when they're gonna start a production. This is just, like I said, this is like in the beta testing stages that where we got something going. But it's not fully done yet. Because we all know that the betas is stuff that they need to tweak, they need to do to be able to get things going. And like I said, to be able to get a movie and TV show going at the same time, it's going to take some time in there to, for everything to come into place. But with that being said, this will actually end this episode of Broken Air Podcast. Now, like I said, I wanted to give you guys a shout out to let you know that if you guys can do anything that you can for me, what I would love for you guys to do is to actually spread the word, spread my channel, like either share it, post it, let people know about it. And on top of that too, I do have the donation feature on here and I hate asking, but like if you guys want to be able to help expand and get my podcast better. Because I want to be able to get better stuff, like better equipment and things to be able to go do stuff. Like if I want to go to conventions, if there's a new book or if not a new movie I want to see, that costs a little bit of money. And like I said, I hate asking. And all I'm asking right now is nothing monetarily. I'm just asking if you guys can be able to spread my channel out there. Like I said, I'm on Google Podcasts and I'm on Breaker. I'm on Pocket Cast. I'm on Spotify. If you guys can be able to get me out there, I would greatly appreciate it. And don't worry, like, whatever happens, I want to let everybody know that, you know what, it was due to my listeners and it was due to the people that listened to my podcast that got me to where I am. Because I love doing this. And I want to continue to do this. Yeah, there's times that I go a couple of weeks quiet on it. Or if not, I don't have that much. But I still want to try my best to get you guys out there with the best content that I can possibly get. But enough of that stuff. I hope you guys are having a great day, a great morning, a good evening, and a good night wherever you guys are. And this is Rob, aka Broken Air Podcast, signing off.